Hello, Blood Bowl Grud here. Now I'm only introducing the Tier 3 podcast because they've promised me a big bag of money and the chance to touch Bob Bifford without him noticing. Hello everybody and welcome back to the show. This is the anniversary edition of the podcast. We've been going one year and... As always, I am joined by the man, the myth, the gravy stain. He's been with me a year, and I haven't killed him yet. It's Beard. Beard, say hello, buddy. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? How are you doing, Jay? Beard, we've been going a year, but So, uh, tell everyone. How do you feel about it, Matt? People have put up with us for a year. Really? Have you lot not got anything better to do with your lives? You've wasted, what, 13, 14, 15 hours listening to us ramble, and you still come back for more. Gluttons for punishment. Yeah, don't tell them have they got anything better. Looks they'll probably realise. Yeah, we have. <laughs> yeah, we have got fucking something better to be at. Fuck off. We're gonna go now. Duh. We we've got to have committed the first case of somebody's ears bleeding from crap podcasting. Oh surely, yeah. By now. If I remember some of the responses we had to episode one with our bad audio, I'm sure so somebody complained about uh, bad audio then. So yeah. Fuck it, why not? But no, a, a year. Everybody who's listened, you guys that keep us going, if you guys didn't listen, we wouldn't put content out there. It's as simple as that. Thank you very much, and here's to another year of us rambling, as well as something special coming next year, which will be actually after our second anniversary. Yeah, we'll, we'll, come, on, we'll come on to that. But yeah, like Beard said, I'm just going to mirror it. Thank you everyone that's listened and interacted with us over the year. We didn't actually expect as many people to listen to our little podcast, our little rambles. And you guys have been amazing about it. So thank you very much from the bottom of our hearts. We we, we just say thank you. Because, like you said, if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't have a show. So do you remember we got an affiliate, affiliate link? We have. We have an affiliate link with Firestorm Games. That's right, people. In the link below in our description... There's going to be a, an affiliate link for Firestone Games. So if you need to get anywhere in your hobby, whether it be paint, brushes, tufts of grass, basin, all can be bought at Firestone Games. And like I said, they've been great to us. They've been with us since, I think, episode two. Yep. They've been amazing throughout. And I hope they'll be amazing to you guys because they have no end of great customer services reviews. And when you use our affiliate link, we get a little kickback at firestorm's expense not you as so everyone's a winner but be it i cut you off then didn't i so i'm gonna let you have a little bit of a run how has your hobby been this month uh surprisingly good compared to previous months with everything being considered i've got paint on models for my little urban achievers team every model has a bit of paint on which is a good start they're all undercoated all ready to go i've got half of the bases made just need to varnish them and paint colors around the bases so they all denote what they are uh, positionals wise we had our punga kickstarter through got all of those built and on bases ready for priming when the, their turn comes up i've also had and you may remember talking about this the hogs of war kickstarter that we had a chat about last year that's turned up and i tell you what these models are so so nice the resin quality is amazing yeah, you sent me a few pictures of them, and they look fantastic. But Beard, you said you put the uh, paint on models. You haven't exactly told us what models they are. No, I bought the, um, from Impact Minis, there's a Little Urban Achievers team, which is based on the Big Lebowski film. 
So there's three different dude models. There's three nihilists. There's the stranger. There's a couple of Walters in there. Uh, there's a couple of the Valkyries from the scene where he's drugged and having a bit of an acid trip. There's Jackie Treehorn. There's Bunny. There's Jesus, the stranger. Uh, the Big Lebowski himself. There's Donnie. So I'm just getting base colours down at the minute. I'm hoping to have all base colours on this week and washed one night this week. I've got a lot going on outside of hobbying and work, so it'll be as and when will that. But it's it's nice to actually just get paint slapped onto models and uh, on the go. But yeah, what about you? How are you getting on hobby-wise at the minute? Right, well, hobby-wise, it's been a bit slow for me because, like we said, it's out, outside forces other than uh, our own do uh, drag us away. So I, I'm not going to go into personal business. But I've done a little bit more painting of my necromantic. There's a quite a bit of a base coat on everything at the moment. I've uh, managed to get a game of sevens in. And i got to be honest, what else did I do? As you said, Panga have come through. So I haven't actually put mine together yet because they weren't on my Backlog Be Gone pledge. So they are going to be put away for perhaps next year's Backlog Be Gone. And do you remember me saying to you I made an order with the Element Games? I do. Is this the one that seemed to just disappear into the ether forever, is it? Yeah, I ordered a lot of order paints and I paid for it. And I waited. And waited. And waited, and waited with no bonds from Element. So what you're saying is that this order was about as rare as rockin' or shit. Oh, it was, but rockin' or shit could probably be found before this thing. But it has come through now. I've got my paints that I've paid for in January now in my possession. Only took four months. I've, well, to be honest... Other than playing a few games and getting some Blood Bowl 7 stuff. Because I got my pitch. I got my lovely Death Zone book. Which is fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah, it's been great. I've enjoyed myself. I've been in a bit of Blood Bowl uh, heaven at the moment. And while we're speaking of Blood Bowl heaven, pre-orders coming up this week. I know everyone's been... was it? We waited two weeks. And what they've told us now is... We get new Chaos Dice, we get Chaos Cards, and we get a new pitch. Woo! I will be have, I'll be having the dice. A lot of people said they'd have the dice, but then a lot of people said that just looked like a recolour of the uh, Black Orcs as well. So, I think it's going to be a bit of a mixed bag. So, yeah, I've had a bit of a, of a ups and downs, I would say, this month, but I'm hoping to get back on track. So, be yeah, it, we going to say now what we plan on doing for next month so between now and next month's recording what's your plans for your hobby so i've got at least two games in trbbl which is the totally relaxed blood bowl league because that started again i did have a game uh, first game of this season against a chap called ninja Breadman, where my halflings bullied him for the first half basically every uh, everything i i blocked i removed and then the dice just decided <laughs> you had your fun and then went the other way admittedly it was a turn 16 one nil loss it could have been a lot worse so i've got those two games to arrange and play at some point uh the firestorm losers playoffs has finished so that's all all done so i'm planning on getting a lot more done on this lebowski team getting all the bases done all the edges of the bases painted for each position ready for third bulk and taking them to that so i'm hoping to have that team ticked off this month but real life shit happens and there's a lot of real life stuff going on at the minute for me so that may or may not happen depending on what happens fingers crossed it it'll be fine because i've got a lot of base colors on it just needs washes and highlights then but it'll be what it'll be i want to have a 
bit more of a look through the uh, the rule books again and i need to get a game in person ready for when events happen what about you what, what's your plans for the next month right well i think i've got a few sevens games lined up now so possibly gonna be building up my repertoire of teams building little seven teams to try out and see how it longevity of it is but so far, from people I've spoken to and from the games I've played, it's a really fun, fantastic game. And if you guys uh, couldn't tell, we're going to be talking about that uh, in the next segment. But I'm hoping then to... Well, I got six zombies that I want to finish bases on and I want to get some wash and possibly start layering them up because, don't get me wrong, in Necromantic, I haven't painted them to my best, but I am trying out different techniques on them because I'm trying to do a lot more um, uh, wet blending and stuff on them just to like try out different techniques. It's all a learning curve. Well, yeah, well, the thing Trial is... Trial and error. I thought, I know how to put a base, a wash, a layer, and set another layer as an edge highlight. But I wanted to try other things. Because I've been painting, was it, for years. But I think I've like kind of stagnated, perhaps gone backwards in my painting a bit. So I want to try and push myself now to try different techniques. To try and up my game a bit. And I think that's what I'm trying to use the Necromantic for. To try and build that up a bit. But... I'm hoping to take them to thread, so that should give me the G up the ass then to uh, get them done. Bian, I think it's time to go into Kickstarter Corner. It is. Now, because I've had my nose in a project that we've got coming up that we are going to have a chat about, you've had a look at Kickstarter Corner this week, because I've been busy like one of the scribes of Zeech. I love the way you say that, as if you've been the only one doing it. <laughs> yeah. I don't do jack shit, but when I got something to do, I'm going to tell everyone I've done it myself. Well done. <laughs> but neither you know there, Beard. I'm not that I'm calling you out on the, on uh, at all, my friend. Yeah, I've I tried to I tried to channel my inner bisto. What would Beard do? And other than scratching my ass for twenty minutes, I looked at Kickstarter, and I will say, not a lot going on at the moment. But there isn't. But I think that's the climate we're in at the moment. With um, a lot of places, uh, certainly with a lot of Blood Bowl projects that come up on Kickstarter, a lot of them are non-UK based, and there's a lot still going on with uh, COVID around the world. So it is understandable. Yes. It's a shame not to see as much on there. But we are keeping an eye out to bring stuff to you. But I do hear you have something hidden up your sleeve that you've been itching to tell us all about. Well, yes, yes. Before I do that, though, I will say, people, keep an eye out for the Lizards of the Bronx. Because that is due to come out. And that looks a very good team. Very well sculpted. And you will want to be part of that. So, there's no dice. There's no dice towers. Because I'm not beard and got a thing for wooden dice towers. There's not tokens. But what I'm going to talk about is... Do you remember we had that conversation a couple of months ago about how we hobby and what we use as part of our arsenal of uh, tools? I do. I remember that conversation. Yep. Yes. And I said that I've branched out into wet palettes because I found I'm able to like put it down, walk away for a bit, come back. And because of the wet palette, the paint's still moist. I'm not feeling like I'm wasting paint. It's helping me change my painting as well. And I totally recommend to people, if they feel that they're stagnating with their painting, or they just want to push themselves a little bit higher in their painting skills, a wet palette is the way to go. Because especially for wet blending, where you can just add as much paint as you want, and you're not just guessing, you can just keep adding and changing it. The profile of the paint is still the same. Like, you know, half an hour, hour, perhaps two hours in, because of... Uh, 
how the wet palette works. But anyway, I have had information from our friends at Redgrass Games who have got a wet palette 2 Kickstarter coming out on the 20th of May. And what this is, they have looked at the uh, current range of wet palettes and they sort of went, how can we improve on a fantastic uh, palette? Not that I'm biased or anything because I own a, a red grass wet palette. They've said that they have changed how the actual palette works. Instead of magnetizing, they have got sliding accessories. So what they've done is they've given the non-spill paint holders so that should be able to hold anything from Vallejo paints to GW shade paints. So you can always have something there ready if you ever want to mix. I think that's a nice addition to your, your accessories. But also, they have informed me of the new hydration membrane, which is the paper. What they've done is they've made it so these are rewashable, which I think is a boon to use in a wet palette because you could buy a pack of papers and depending on how much you use it, you could keep going through them. But with a washable one, once you finish with those colours, take it to your sink, wash it off, give it a bit of a rub down, clean as a whistle. And you can do that about three or four times. Some people have managed to get at least 10 washes out of it before they've started noticing stains and having to replace it. So you could buy a pack of these new membranes and get at least 60 painting sessions out of these out of these new membranes, which I think is a pretty sweet deal. What do you think, Beard? I agree with that. It's, it sounds like a pretty good bit of kit, does this? I'm going to admit to being one of these people that I use a palette on a bit of old plastic card. It looks like something that a five-year-old's just been splodging paint on, to be honest. And I have been looking at wet palettes. One that you can rewash and keep using sounds like a great idea. You know, we've all seen the ones where it's, you, you you make it out of this, that, and the other in an old Tupperware tub. And you don't want 20 Tupperware tubs around the house. There is wet paint in. This looks like proper tidy bit of kit. So I'm certainly going to be having a look at this. You're right. It's another thing to add to the arsenal of uh, really good handy things to have. And the fact that you can wash them clean and keep reusing it. For me, that it builds it in value. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking as well. See, it's... Because you can rewash it, you're not you're not feeling that you've got to try and get every square inch out of it. You're not feeling like you're wasting it if you've got to remove it. You know, because sometimes we've left a wet wet palette and you get that little bit of drying on it. As long as you, as long as it's still damp, you can wash it off. Which, like I said, that just adds mileage then to your painting. Yeah. Like I said, you buy a pack of uh, this membrane, you can get at least sixty painting sessions out of it which i think is marvelous they're going live on the 20th of may this year you know keep an eye out and yeah is i don't know what else i could say they are coming in two styles like they've done before which is like the uh, studio xl and the painter and so the painter is going to be the smaller one the studio xl is going to be the larger one personally i am going to be going in with this kickstarter and I will be going in for the Studio XL 2 because that's going to be the larger one out of the two of them. I feel I go through as so much paint that I need a larger wet palette. But guys, this is my first foray into the Kickstart Corner where I've actually led it. If you guys liked Kickstart Corner led by Jay, please let us know. We have an email address. Beard, do you remember what that email address is? I do. Tier 3 podcast at outlook.com and where else can they find us my friend you can find us on facebook twitter instagram and if you're lucky jay might have just left his business card in a few uh, 
phone boxes around your local village as well, but that's for something different. Oh, yeah. Well, you want for a good time? You play sevens? Five dollar! <laughs> dicey, dicey! <laughs> Me pow you long time! Right, I'm starting to lose it now, so we are going to go and have a break. When we come back, it's time to talk Blood Bowl sevens. Beard, are you excited? I'm very excited to talk about sevens. I've never played it, so this is going to be a case of you've had a few games and you kind of know it. I haven't, and I've just looked at the rules, so we're going. To, it's going to be a nice mix of of a discussion. So I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, you you think I know what I'm doing? I am got a clue. But anyway, we will prove that point after this. <laughs> Hello and welcome back everybody to uh, to the main portion of this month's show where we're talking to you about something out of the new Death Zone supplement, something that's caught a lot of people's eyes and something I know you've been looking forward to a lot, Blood Bowl 7's is official. Of course, this is like one of the best parts of Blood Bowl is like uh, Blood Bowl 7's because it's just mental because anything goes. Absolutely. Before we dive in, everybody that I've spoken to that says they've had a game of sevens has absolutely enjoyed it, and I I can see why, just flicking through and watching a few games online. So sevens, in case people didn't know, was originally developed by people on the NAF scene as a smaller, quicker game designed to be played on a lunch break or designed to have five or six games in a day at an event rather than two to three hour game each game um, and it's much quicker the small uh, the pitch is a bit smaller and we'll go through roster building a few things and there's a couple of discussions that we've seen online as well that we may not necessarily agree with but it's just something to put out there for you know discussion purposes so so let's dive in then shall we g before we dive in though i want to go back to the comment you said about this is built to be a quick game or like you know something to do on the lunch break technically you could whittle that down to this is what blitzball wishes it was instead of a shitty version of Sevens. Ah, you you mean the Blood Bowl version for simpletons? Yes, or as you call it, called them earlier, Americans. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back on topic. So jumping in with Sevens, we're not going to go through everything, but just sort of cover a few things. The pitch is smaller. Your scrimmage lines are not toe to toe as they are on a regular pitch. There is a gap between your portion of the pitch your opponent's portion of the pitch, and it's that centre zone then, no man's land if you want to call it, in the middle. So there's no first turn, just straight blocks, because nobody will start off toe-to-toe with anyone. You've got your usual dugouts, but it's only up to six turns rather than eight. You've got your usual portions of the of the boxes, so you've got your reserves, your knockout, your casualty, and so on. Now, drafting teams, it's a little bit different with sevens as it is to regular Blood Bowl. So you have 600,000 gold pieces by your team and you i don't want to say you have to be more tactical but you might have to put a bit more thought into it it's not gold pieces it's copper pieces now because it's you're in the amateur leagues there's no gold in the amateur leagues this is the equivalent of sunday league football or peewee leagues in america do you know what i like about this is they've said in the designer notes that or oh, call it copper pieces because this is like the this is the amateur league or whatever but everything else that they've laid it out in they've every type of uh, amount has been down as gold pieces so they haven't even stuck to their own designer notes they've not proofread that as they've gone through it it, it would have been nice if they'd have kept that as copper pieces all the way through because it wouldn't have made a jot of difference but it just shows you that when they read the rule back 
packs before they send them out. They don't double check everything. Yes. But like you said, we got a budget of 600,000. And from there, you've got to buy between 7 and 11 players. Yep. And a little bit different than normal is your re-rolls cost double. So if you are a team that has a 60,000 gold piece re-roll, it actually costs 120 copper pieces yep. for your re-rolls. So if you take a re-roll on some of the, the tier 2, tier 1 teams, it can really eat into what type of team you want to field. And another thing I want to point out is, so far, everything we've discussed has been the same as what the NAF wrote many many years ago and uh, if you're in a position where you need to hire journeyman where in the league they would have a four plus loaner you've got to be aware now because this is like we said this is amateur league so these are like five plus loaners so you've got to be very careful on how you use those players you agree Beard? i agree to put it in simple terms this is pub league football so this is you haven't got world-class quality defending. You haven't got world-class quality set pieces. You've got Fat Dave, who's 19 stone, had a kebab for his tea and had leftovers for breakfast this morning. He's still hungover. Okay, so linemen. Different teams have different names for them. In sevens, they're linemen. They're your 0 to 12s, your 0 to 16 mooks. You turn up, the dead, they're replaced. Yeah, these are the ones that you would recycle just to keep your team value low on a normal. It's weird, though, isn't it, if you think about it? It's your backbone now. Yeah. These 0-12 or 0-16 players, like we said, when we were going over Nurgle, if we had rotters with like certain skills, you recycle them, just keep it low. But now you're going to look at it as, shit, this is the, the only player sometimes that I might be able to field. Yep. So, I know, it just makes it feel a little bit more uh, risky. But just to jump in now, where we said about linemen are your backbone. Your speciality positions, like your big guy, your throwers, your catchers, are limited to only four. If you can afford it, chuck in one or two blitzers, but I can see that a lot of people might be only fielding one, possibly two specialised uh, players. Yeah. Because they do cost They do cost a bit, and being only 600,000 to start a team and double re-roll cost, everything kind of adds up and chips away at that budget really quick. So, be it. Now that we talked about specialised players, we've talked about journeymen, we've talked about our budget, do you want to talk about the special nuffle table? And is there anything on the special nuffle table that interests you? There's a few things. So, we've got we've got a unique nuffle table for sevens. So, again, nuffle's keeping his eye on the amateur leagues because he's looking for the next big thing and everybody's got to start somewhere. But he doesn't quite bless it as much as the main. So, there's a few things on there. Now, I really like results number one of the treacherous trapdoor so there's a trapdoor square on the pitch there's a couple about dotted around the pitch on a roll of one the trapdoor falls open if you if you stand on it and the player is removed as if they were pushed into the crowd which i really really like so that could be your pitch is being played on the top of a tavern or it's been played in a sewers or it's been played in a cellar and there's a room underneath that a fan has just knocked the trapdoor open bye bye player i really like that because it just adds a bit more uh, a bit more excitement to it i like bad habits as well which randomly select d3 opposition players that don't have loner until the end of the next drive they gain loner two plus I quite like that one as a uh, something to that makes your opponent's team worse rather than just affecting you. Yeah, yeah, it's two plus is not hard to roll higher than, but you we all know it's going to be that important play where you roll a one. Yep. And you just go, oh fuck, no, I can't, I can't use that single re-roll. Or I do agree with you, bad habits is a good one. I also like knuckle dusters. 
than the Mighty Blow. Just a, just a free Mighty Blow for one drive. So, they're my favourites. Also, with sevens, we've got inducements. Same, similar to what we would have in the normal game. So, you could take uh, cheerleaders, part-time staff, kegs, extra team training. If you can afford that, I don't know where... Uh, uh, how you must be like coming in on like third third lit season and every everyone's actually got tidy players chefs uh apothecaries big doctors so it's all there it's just whether you can afford it or not but i want to go into a little bit of details on a new inducement for sevens called desperate measures which i will read to you now Desperate measures. Desperate measures, you could take... Well, if you've got the money, you could pick this up up to five times. You don't need it five times. It's uh, 50,000 gold pieces, as it is in the book, but you've got to say 50,000 copper pieces. And what this does, this gives you a special D8 table that you can roll on to see what type of effects happen. I used this in my last game against humans. I was Black Oaks. The game ended in a draw, but it did fuck up a play. That was because I rolled a... 8 on my d8 which was which effectively gives you a sport wizard i thought that was good you also get things like uh doping so you on a three plus the player feels amazing on a two they uh they uh, have a reaction to the doping drugs and they miss the game but if they do pass the player has either the strength or the agility improved by one for the rest of the game it's a chance at a characteristic increase to get one up on your opponent which being majority is strength three go up to strength four or if you go to agility two plus it's a big difference in uh, seven especially when you cut sometimes can't afford to be clumping all your team together so there's a lot of things going on with that one and it's a very fun list it's not all it's just gonna overpower the opponent is a game of chance again and i think people will probably use that more than most of the other inducements i agree i think the desperate measures are great i i think they're a nice little thing just to make sevens that little bit more crazy how the early editions of blood bowl were meant to be and i think you know with other things that are in death zone i think this really really harks back to that there's a couple that i really i like hangover talking of it being amateur leagues and hangover players i really like sports Sports espionage, where you get a chance to gain a free reroll, especially given how expensive rerolls are in sevens. I think that's a nice one, and they're all written in quite a fluffy way that things would happen on the amateur leagues. So I, I do really like the desperate measures table. I think that's that's a nice little addition as well. Yeah, it's I've had a game, well I've had a few games of sevens, and I gotta be honest, I've had massive amount of fun every time. But the last game I played, like I said earlier, was Black Orcs versus humans. Like I said, I had the sports wizard. So unfortunately he wanted to protect his uh, ball carrier from a bunch of black orcs. I was ready to show him the, the meaty mushroomy tip of the shaft. He forgot that uh, there was a wizard there, so a lot of his players went down. And the horrible little goblins that I will say, Black Oak uh, goblins are amazing. That uh, thick skull on them really makes a difference. That's a side note. But yeah, it was a game changer where it would have been just a slugfest and a hope to try and get a touchdown by turn six and managed to get one in a bit earlier. But yeah, it was an absolutely fantastic game. And desperate measures, it's like I said, it's it has an effect on the game for one drive. Most of the, like you know, most of them is one drive, one drive. Uh, the things like the magic scroll or the doping is a whole game, but how often are you gonna roll eight? 
one. You're going to more likely be like four to the five. So it's the mid-table that you're going to probably see a lot more of. But it was a lot of fun. Absolute lot of fun. And I will say, if anybody hasn't used the Desperate Measures yet, try it out for at least one game and you will probably end up using it a lot. I think it's that good. It does give you a fun game. I'm not saying it's, you know, it's the, the best thing. It's not going to win you every game, but it makes it a bit more entertaining. So at the end of this now, we've built our team. We've played a game. So the end game sequence now, Beard, do you want to explain what happens now in Blood Bowl 7 is there's no star player points. Yep. So when you finish a game, what are you supposed to do with the, uh, the end of game sequence, Beard? So instead of star player points, after every game, one player automatically gains a randomly selected primary or secondary skill, which I really love. And I just think that's mental. We'll come on to exactly how that happens in a second. But the reason why I love that is this is proper Sunday league. So again, I know I'm comparing it to football and this is Blood Bowl, but we've all played some form of game where you play as a team and one bloke's either really good at a free kick or he's really good at a throw-in, but he can't do anything else to save his life. So you use him for one thing, and that's what I like about this. Like you said, you might end up with running a team full of linemen, but can you imagine like having a team team full of linemen, and then you get a random, totally random skill? So I'm literally just going to flick through the pages, and you get somebody with leader as a reroll when you consider how expensive rerolls are or you get somebody with mighty blow or you get somebody with block that wouldn't ordinarily have it and it's like you end up with four or five players like that with totally different skills yes you could get good skills you could get totally garbage skills but i really like it because you could end up playing with skills a that are non-meta so we've all seen claw palm chaos kill teams and b you end up playing skills that you wouldn't pick yourself so you're having to learn other skills and how they interact with skills so i like it for the for the two ways there if you can't pick what you're getting tough you get what you get so it's very fluffy in that sense but i also like that you have to learn something you wouldn't you're out of your comfort zone that in sevens might correlate to when you get to proper blood bowl and you go actually you know what? i've used this skill it worked quite well i'm going to try that on this yeah and i can see a lot more people opening up to a lot more skills that they wouldn't ordinarily take because of it so going back to the actual sequence itself so during step three, you have two options. Either during step three, a single player of your choice that played during this game and that didn't get an injury gains a randomly selected primary or a single randomly selected player, again, that didn't suffer an injury result of 12, gains a randomly selected secondary. So you can either pick a player to get a primary or you can randomly pick a player to get a secondary. Again, I like that because you can go, you know what, I'm going to gamble for a secondary. Let's see what. Let's see who gets it and what it is. It could be your naff little snotling that you're planning on throwing away. Or it could be you know, the guy who's just won you the game and scored two touchdowns. I, I really like that. There is there, there is usual skill advancements. Yeah, it's the player goes up. Like on the first primary skill, the player can go up 10,000 uh, copper pieces. The first randomly selected secondary skill is 20,000 yep. gold pieces. So with your team value, is you've got to try and mitigate that so people don't have an arsenal of things to come back at you with. That's another part of the game you've got to really think about. But then if you decide to put more skills on our player, the primaries cost 20,000 copper pieces, secondaries cost 30 copper pieces. But do you want to be putting a load of skills on a team? is the main thing because of the next part that's called the draft. And Beard, do you want to explain this? Yep, so this, I, I want to call it a poison chalice just because what it could do. I call it the game balance that I do. Yeah, 
It, it totally is. So during step one of the post-game sequence, once you've wiped out any dead players from your draft, you roll a d6 for every player that has gained one or more additional skill from their base skills. If the roll is higher, you're lucky, and nobody's interested in hiring them, and they remain on your team. If the roll is equal to or lower than the number of additional skills they've gained, they're lucky, and a professional team has just snapped them up. So they've made it to the big leagues. So as soon as you get an additional skill, you have a chance at that player could up and off he goes to another team because the scouts have been out they've not given you any money and off he goes yeah and the more skills you add to that one individual player the more chance he has of being picked up after the game by a professional team you don't want to be sticking like three or four skills on one player because then you would on average you're going to be spawning three if he soon as he got three skills he's like oh shit and that's he's gone yep Gotta build that fucking star back up then, isn't it? And like we said, it might be a position where, oh shit, I, I, I gotta take a journeyman. So like, the journeyman's like five plus loader, and you're like, well, I can't do anything with this guy. He's just he's just gonna be running around with his thumb up his ass. And then he sticks you in, sticks on the back foot. So Exactly. So for me, it's a case of if I was gonna advance my team, first couple I probably would take random, as in randomized players. Whether I go player B, player C, whichever hasn't already had a skill, or if I just go, you know what, solid, I'm gonna. A random player is going to get a secondary and get my secondaries in early. Once I've had two or three secondaries, then start picking players for primaries. I think that's what it's going to come down to. You're managing. like In an ideal world, like you say, you don't want one player to have four skills and three players that have none because you have to rebuild that star player. If you have two players with secondaries and four players with singles, they've all only got one skill. They've only, each only got one in six chance of leaving. But this is Blood Bowl. That, that one in six chance re- is a bit more than actually one in six. That one in six chance is about 94%. It's Blood Bowl. It, it, it never goes in your favour. So it's not a one in six chance. It's a, it's a result of a one. <laughs> and Nuffles looking at you going, I know you want anything other than a one. But it's your birthday. Have a one. Did you like that star player? Did you, did, did you, did you like the random skill you got? Well, guess what? He's fucking off. Exactly. I, I like it because it's it just it stops you building killer players. It's done at random in terms of skills. You're learning other things. You're learning stuff you wouldn't ordinarily pick. Arm wrestle if you've arm bar if you've not already gone for that before, and it means you're then looking at that going actually you know what that skill plus this that I already take might be a really good combination. So I think that we might start seeing people playing alternative skills to what they would ordinarily. And I think it could, I don't want to say it'll shake up the tournament scene, but I can see events where people are picking their skills. I can see some people taking skills they ordinarily wouldn't. I know I certainly would once I've got sort of 15 to 20 games in off sevens and progressed a couple of different teams and seen how different skills work. Is the problem you got is no matter if you play sevens, a uh, full game of Blood Bowl, uh, you could really dumb it down and play Blitz Bowl. Armbar is still as disappointing as a GW Tree Man. So, no matter what the game is, nobody wants to fucking take that. No, it was just the first skill that came to my head. It started with an A. Leap, leap would have been the better. Leap, one. leap tree. Yeah, that's basically the general breakdown of a Sevens game. Yep. The pitch is slightly different. We've got the centre field, we've got a different cost for. The team re-rolls are double the cost. I think we've said it all, really, on the general side of it. One thing I will say, the injury table is is 2d6 in 7, so it, to me it feels like the old 2016 table, really. But everything runs the same. Stunty teams still get fucked up easy if they don't have thick skill. Kick-off event, we won't go through that because that's down to people who got the death zone they'll have to read it because we can't go over everything but i'm gonna ask you a question now beard do you think 
GW have dropped the ball, allowing leader in the the game because to me it's an amateur game and old NAF rules was you didn't allow leader in it because it was supposed to be an amateur game if you were doubling the cost of a re-roll why would you be allowed to take a free team re-roll then with if you take leader and GW is allowing it so to me that's a little bit of a you fucked up a bit there boys but I will say in if I'm a house ruler, leader will be taken out if I do it. Because I still feel the old way was done right. But what's your view? Because you've never played the old one, have you? I haven't. For me, I think you're going to get leaders no matter what level of game you go into or whatever level sport you go into. So I think it should be allowed. But I think it should be... Again, if I was to house rule it, I would possibly say if your player gains leader, that player's value doubles maybe because it should be such an invaluable skill at this level to give of the reroll because it should be such a rare thing that happens. You're right, it's amateur leagues. This isn't professional leagues. This isn't leagues where everybody gets hours upon hours every week to practice everything that they're doing. So I, I like your house rule of getting rid of it, but I think you could do it another way as well where if people really want to take it, handicap them. So if, if that's their th- player's third skill and they get leader and that player was already worth 100,000 points oh look there's leader he's now worth 200,000 points do you know what I mean so like it really it, it would add a massive massive handicap and that's probably going too far but it would just be another way of of, of looking at it I, I agree that leader would be overpowered at this level I think but then you would rather handicap a player than just say just take the skill out Yes. Because I think GW is in the position of, well, we don't want to be messing around with the tables too much. We don't, so we'll allow every skill. But sometimes just the easier option is just to say, just take it out. Yeah, absolutely. That's the easier option. But I think it's a fluffy option to go, he's now worth double because he's got such an invaluable skill. I think it's it, it would be one way of house ruling it. And there'll probably be other people who house rule it differently. It's, it's how I would look at it, possibly. That's how you would look at it. But guys, how would you... Uh, house ruler if you're on facebook drop us a message to say what you would do if you're not on facebook send us an email the links are down below so just tell us how we would do it because it would be nice to have differences of opinion it would we could have a little chat now you know last one off about uh, something you saw in the blood bowl community talking about sevens yep so looking in death zone you look at the kickoff and I'm not saying I agree with the conversation that was had and how people were ruling this and house ruling it, but if you follow the kickoff procedure. So both teams set up fully within the area between their own end zone and the line of scrimmage. Neither team may set up any players in the area between the two lines of scrimmage. Yes. And then it says when you kick, you follow the normal procedures. So if you follow the main rule book, because it doesn't specify any different, main rule book states the ball must land in your opponent's half. If it lands off the pitch, Mm -hmm. it's a touchback. Now, because a sevens pitch, take out the touchdown zones, a sevens pitch is divided into three. Technically, there aren't halves, they're pitch thirds. So the debate that I've seen on the Blood Bowl community pages was if you had to kick as per the main rule book, well, there should be a halfway line, but there isn't. So do you A, kick for the ball to land in your opponent's third, or... Do you kick for it to land outside of your own scrimmage zone, including dead man's land in the uh, no man's land in the middle? So it was quite a lengthy debate either way, and we agreed with each other. But it was it was one of those things. I think Games Workshop again. This is where they need to proofread and look at what's in front of them. The pitch is divided into three defined areas: your opponent's zone, the middle zone, 
your zone. So halves doesn't work. And this is where house ruling is one thing, rules lawyering is another thing, because we've all played those people that go, oh, you can't do this because I've got this. Or the wording is this. It's rules as written rather than rules as intended. You know, there's there's always those debates. It's just something that is quite a lengthy thing. I think in the end, we both agreed the intention is that the ball is to be kicked into your opponent's third and not into no man's land in the middle, which I agree is the right thing to do because the idea of, the kick is to give your opponent the advantage of being closest to the ball if they haven't already caught it or having first opportunity to pick up and carry the ball that's the whole idea whereas if you're including that middle third of the pitch that's not doing that because you can both get there because it could in theory land in that area on the scrimmage line where you have players for tackle zones making that first pickup difficult which completely defeats the object of giving your opponent the advantage of having the ball yeah because the thing is is i way look at it personally and i just want to hear this out because like if People are like, oh, they're just talking bullshit. Here's how I go through it mentally to come to the decision of it's got to land in the opponent's third. In the rule book, and it's generally said that when you kick the ball, it's got to land in the opponent's portion, and that's after, like, say, any type of wind change or whatever. So, yeah. you know, if it goes past their line of scrimmage, it doesn't say if it lands in your half, it's if it goes past their line of scrimmage, it's a touchback. So, to me, the centre part of the field if the if the wind picks it up and brings it back a bit it's gone past the line of scrimmage so that dead area should cast as a touchback yes i completely agree with that but it's just interesting that that's when you look at how games workshop have had a reputation recently of releasing rules codexes whatever supplements whatever you want to call them where they've had to release an faq very very quickly afterwards i think it's interesting that's the main first and main thing that people have picked up on looking at everything else everything else is pretty sort of solid in that sense you know so it's it's a simple thing to reword or to faq but it was just something that i thought again it'd be an interesting debate for our listeners to send in their thoughts on how they may house rule it because i I read some people were going to house rule it including no man's land in the middle some people were going to house rule it specifically as you said the opponent's portion of the pitch so it'd be it'd be interesting to see what other people think to that you know just if you're if you disagree with us why do you disagree with that and why would you allow the no man's land for instance just sort of let us know what your thinking is because your thinking could change the way that we think and see it. You know, if they explain it to us, perhaps it makes more sense yeah. than what we are saying. It's a discussion you've got to have. But to me, it's, it speaks a lot to how solid the rest of the seven setup is if you were just talking about minutiae in the game. Yeah. So that's this is a little bit of the game that everyone's having a massive discussion about yep. and not any other part. So it shows that they have put some effort into it it is a bit sturdy yeah most of the most of the groundwork is there they've just got this little bit in the corner they've got to sort out and if i remember rightly on the moama community page a couple of months ago they did say as part of the blood bowl roadmap may is going to be about the time the faq comes out yep so who knows if this has been brought up enough Perhaps this might be in the uh, FAQ, so perhaps by the time this goes out, it might have already been sorted. So hold on to your hats, guys. And I think that's it, Beard. I think that's just generally everything. If people want us to go back over it and talk about other parts, Sit Blood Bowl 7's team building or anything like that, perhaps we can cover that. But we've run long enough now. Let's leave it there. Let's not push it any further. So we're going to play the music. And when we come back, it's something really exciting to talk about for our end of the show show. (laughs) 
everybody, and this is the end of the show on our anniversary edition. Again, I am going to say thank you to everyone that has tuned in over the year. It has meant a lot to me and Beard that you guys have supported us throughout our Blood Bowl podcast journey so far. Beard, we get a chance now to talk about how we're going to give back to the community. We're doing this a little bit in advance because it's an event that we want to do in 2022. It is. But I am going to give you the chance to start telling people about this event. So take it away, my bud. Good. As you know, I've been itching to tell people about this. So Tier 3 Podcast proudly presents Kupandraig, which is our first Blood Bowl event, which will be on Saturday, July 30th, 2022 at Firestone Games in Cardiff. Do you know, before you carry on, could you have said that any more plain English? There was no passion in the way you said that, then. We introduce you to Kupandraig. It's Kupandraig. Come on, roll the R. <sighs> I'm not Welsh, mate. Just don't, it don't happen like that. So this will be our first event. It'll be a one-day resurrection event at Firestone Games in their new venue. And it translates as the Dragon Cup. So it's three games. Tickets will be £25. And you'll be able to purchase those via sending the money to tier3podcast at outlook.com at PayPal. And for your £25, you'll get hot food, which is available on site. There is a vegetarian option. And we're not far from other retail outlets as well if vegan options are your thing there will be a goodie bag which i understand jay is in the process of organizing things for that at the moment so keep an eye on social medias because we'll have a few things to go in those it will include naf points so we're just waiting on all that going through however your ticket does not include naf registration so please ensure you are registered before you sign in on the on the day now you will need to bring with you your pitch and dice your team paint it to three colours minimum. Uh, you'll need printed rosters. You'll need your Blood Bowl 2020 rulebook and any supplements you require for additional rules, such as star players and inducements, which we'll come on to. One thing I will add as well is, because we don't know what the situation will be with UK government's uh, terms for meeting up in 2022, so be prepared that you might have to bring a mask and some hand sanitizer just in case. I think we're going to be out of the woods by then, but just be prepared in case something happens, because no doubt we're going to have some super duper strain at some point so that might have to be an option absolutely so that is something to be aware of as well we have a number of awards the usual first second third stunty cup wooden spoon but we're going to throw in some extras we've got most casualties dirtiest player there will also be a best sport award and because we're hoping that this won't be our first and only event best sport should you win that and this will be nominated by people's choice you will win a free ticket to the 2023 event yes we are looking to do this as an annual event starting next year so yeah we are going to be putting best sport as a people's choice which means you will win a ticket to the next coupon and drive yep so it's something that extra that we can give back because you guys have been awesome absolutely but yeah we've got to also mention now that as we've got this in advance we are able to tell you now that roster building is you've got to build the teams from the 2020 rulebook we are allowing Slan and Corn and the team of legends yep but we will need these submissions in by the 30th of April so it gives us a chance to look over to make sure they are correct if you are bringing additional supplements like spikes and death zone please note that down when you were pl- when you were playing your uh, roster to us so we can verify with our copies just to make sure that we're correct and we actually know where the rules are coming from yep again the rosters need to be submitted to tier3podcast at outlook.com so we can have that all in one place 
Yep. So, Bia, do you want to tell people about the actual tier system that we're going to use? Yep, so we'll be applying the standard GW tiers, so tiers 1, 2, and 3 as they are. For building your rosters, tier 1 teams will have 1.1 million gold pieces, tier 2 will be 1.15, and tier 3 will be 1.2 million gold pieces. Now, talking of rosters, should GW release any new teams between now and april 30th 2022 you will be able to use them again just so long as you tell us where the rules have been published whether it's in a spike or so on just so that we can double check or everything's been uh, submitted correctly now in terms of your your gold what you're buying okay in terms of skills we have had a good think about this and you can purchase skills they cannot be at random so they must be pre-chosen can't take any characteristic changes and you can take a maximum of two upgrades per player now there's no limit to the number of times you may purchase a particular skill so for instance if you want halflings where every halfling has block fill your boots might not be the best choice to go down with but if you want to just slap the same skill on everyone if you've got the gold to do it go for it in terms of costs your primary skills will cost 20,000 gold pieces secondary skills will cost 40,000 gold pieces and you do not need to purchase a primary before purchasing a secondary the other thing is star players Yep. We are allowing star players. We're allowing them, but you must have 11 players before purchasing. Yep. So I know we say in death zone and there was nothing in death zone, but we are trying to cover our bases in case anything comes out between now and April in case like there's a death zone too and it's the star player edition. If anything like that happens before April, we are allowing it in the competition but we are trying to make any type of declaration as broad as possible yep. so people don't feel like it's being uh, negated so what do we say inducement wise there's only a couple of inducements we're not allowing in there. so in terms of inducements okay you cannot take any mercenaries or biased referees no stadiums sponsors or unusual blood balls and match events will be in play so none of those count other than that though you may purchase any inducements such as sideline staff wizard coaches other than what we've just discounted from again any death zones supplements almanacs spikes etc from blood bowl 2020 edition up until the roster cutoff date so if you've got a team say it's in the teams of legends that currently doesn't have any coaching staff or sideline inducements as of yet if they are released in future you can take them now there is one one inducement that we are going to give you and this is going to be part of our welsh twists you will be given one free bloodweiser keg at no cost to your roster and you may purchase a second keg so up to a maximum of two bloodweiser kegs per roster and uh, talking of inducements and so on when it comes to prayers to nuffle the exhibition table found on page 103 of the blood bowl 2020 core rulebook will be in play yes so at the moment this is like a brief description of what we are planning for next year so we are releasing the rule pack i believe what do we say beard we're releasing it first of june first of june you've heard about it here but the rule pack will be up for perusal on the 1st of June. And we will be putting that on the Facebook page. Yep. If you guys want to see that, come find the Tier 3 podcast on Facebook. If you haven't got Facebook access, send me a message on Twitter or send me an email and I will send you a copy. Absolutely. The general point of contact will be Facebook. Tickets will go on sale then a week after, so that's the 7th of June. It gives you a chance to look it over before tickets go out. I know we're talking about this earlier, Beard, and I know you've been itching to get to announce it. We are giving the caveat of, if we're honest, we are a bit nervous because this is our first event. Granted, we haven't had a lot going on last 
last year and the beginning of this year because of COVID. But I can see the tournament scene is going to be heating up in the next year because everyone's going to want to get out and see each other. We wanted you to get out early access and solidify a place in 2022 in Cardiff. I hope you guys will be there. Beard, what do you think, bud? Absolutely, I'm I'm looking forward to this. So we there there are a few things that will keep up our sleeves for now until the rules pack goes live, and we may have a few additional surprises on the day. But we are looking forward to seeing some of our listeners as well as some of the local event scene goers as well. And this is something that we've we've been discussing for a while. I've spent a good couple of weeks coming up with the the rule pack and making changes or spelling errors because you know up north we just point and grunt i've had to actually learn how to write specifically for this yeah but it's something we've been talking about for a while like i said we've been going back and forth shooting shooting the shit on this really but yeah it's we want to give the best event for the community so we are putting this out early that yeah it's over a year in advance but we want to make sure that everyone can get there. It's a 30-man event at the moment, but if there is interest, we can up it a bit. So if you don't get within the first 30, there is a reserve list that will be looked at. Absolutely. And if you guys actually enjoy the type of event we put on, we're hoping to do this as an annual event. So this could be the start of something amazing between Tier 3 and the community. But... uh, no, uh, like I said, it's only something quick from us because it's the end of the show. We wanted to make the announcement. I think I, I've slipped out a post on on uh, the social medias for us. Like we've said before, we want to say thank you to Firestone Games for hosting us. And also, they are the affiliate link for the podcast. So the link will be down below. So if you need any hobby products to help you get your team ready for next year, why not use the link and buy your supplies? Tier 3 podcast at Outlook dot com as our email address we're also on facebook twitter and instagram just look up tier 3 podcast and you'll find us if you listen to us on itunes please leave us a review because that helps us be seen by more people i'm not quite sure whether spotify and the others do the same process but that would help us greatly and put the word out for us guys uh, thank you again. So, Beard, I'm going to call it there on the podcast. Bye bye. Another month down. Another month down. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. I remember everyone. I've said this for a year now. Tier one is for winners, tier two is for players. But legends are made in tier three. See you next time, guys. Good night. And you're still a pussy when I say it. Now. <laughs>